Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in the day? Which, by the way, is quite laughable because me and Jenny were just talking about how we don't have a spare minute, let alone hour at the moment. But we need to make time for it. We need yeah. we need that space to do something right. I think, or just have a moment. I, I like to think I'd go for a run. I'd do some yoga. But I think I might just sit in a chair and stare blankly <laughs> at a wall. <laughs> That's the reality, isn't it? You get a bit of time and you think, all the things I could do, but no, I'll sit and watch mind-numbing television, which doesn't actually serve you in any way. And it would be time better spent um, talking to a therapist. I do therapy. I'm very open about it. And it's changed my entire life. When you're really busy, when you're trying to get your thoughts in order and organise your brain and, and look after your mental health, as a busy mum, it's totally impossible. But when you have a conversation with uh, a trained expert therapist and they give you tools that you need, it just makes it so much easier. And you know what? As a parent, you feel looked after, which is a rarity these days. Absolutely. What, you mean it's more beneficial than watching the Kardashians or something, Jenny? Yeah. I I'm yes, that I am saying. Oh, yep. I'm shocked. Uh, we know that therapy can be quite daunting. So if you are thinking of it, of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, which is what we need, flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to, questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists as well in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash two new mums. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash two, two, W-O, new mums. Ah, all right, Jenny, how are you feeling? Absolutely dreadful and massive, you? Yes, same. You know what? I feel like look. I, I just want to put it out there that I, I generally I've really enjoyed pregnancy on the whole. It's been great, and then I feel like this weekend it's defeated me. Like it's really it's really gone for me, <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh no, no, this isn't fair. Everyone um, says the last bit's really hard, and I think I just thought for you, yeah, <laughs> you know, like we'll be fine because obviously at that point we weren't in the last bit, and yeah. then you get to the last bit and you're like, this is re-. like I said to Christian, my feet hurt. Why do my feet hurt, and why do my legs hurt? Like I've done a marathon when I've done nothing, and he was like, because every muscle in your body has now relaxed and gone to jelly. Right, is that what it is? Yeah, mm. the aches a lot. I mean, sitting up, st- standing up, sitting down, bending over is a task. I need five minutes. It's um, it's just the weight. I don't know, you just feel like, why doesn't your body deal with this a bit better? And uh, well, quite... it, it, I mean, I'm not going to knock the body. It's quite good. But I no, get it. It is pretty good, but it misses out a few bits, doesn't it? I mean, growing the human, incredible. What you're Amazing. doing, remarkable. But the, the the carrying and the childbirth bit, get it better. Come on. Why did you give up at that point? Yeah, you were you doing re- so well. 
you've done so well up until now. Do you know what? We we decided for some really messed up reason to paint our hallway and landing this weekend, which is the hardest job in the house, and we went for it. And there was Awful. one point where I sat on the floor and, and I needed to get up to reach the paint, and I, I couldn't get up. I'd had enough. My body would not support me in getting up. So I just sat there and cried. And Christian came over and he went, what's wrong? And I said, I can't get up to get more paint. And he was like, he was like so you were just going to sit while you face the corner and cry are you and I was like yes yeah it feels nice leave me be um <laughs> I think your body has a way of telling you I think that's what happened with me so I went on um we went on a baby moon we hate that word oh that you word. did but I did I did baby moon it last week we went away to Cornwall for the week it was lovely um <laughs> but and we stayed in this beach uh beach cabin which was right like at the top of a sort of cliff and there was a beach below it was absolutely stunning um but what I sort of didn't realise was to get down to the beach, you had to climb down, which is fine. Yeah. But then you have to climb back up, which I'd read a few like TripAdvisor things saying all the, you know, the walks are a bit steep. And I was like, ah, you know, again, I'll be fine. I'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Walk down to the beach, fine. And then I walked back up and I was like, oh gosh, this is... Once I'd actually got down to the beach, I looked up at my sort of incline up, back up and thought, oh shit. Um... <laughs> And I just said to Kenny, we're just going to have to go really slow. So we did. And it was fine. It was when we, we got to like a flat bit, like up a, like we got, the cliff walk was actually all right because there's like different steps. But then we got onto like a flat road, which was just steep. And I just said, I can't, I don't know, I'm going to do this. And Kenny had to physically push me from behind. You might have seen it on our Instagram, but he, it really helped. But he physically <laughs> pushed me up the hill as I walked up. Oh, um, that's so sweet. That's love. Which is so that's funny. Th- yeah, I was he... <laughs> very impressed with what you did because I, I, I will just avoid any incline. And I was like, look, Amy goes. So I thought, right, I can do this. I did a dog walk with my brother and we tried to go up some steps to this lovely view. And I was so slow. And James, my brother, turned around and just went, oh, it's like walking with Nana, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. We're carrying a lot of extra weight. Well, the funny thing was, is I did do quite a few walks because once I realized I did one, I'd be, I was okay. But I did a few pretty big hikes and then um and then when I came home I got home and I had the next day off work so then I decided to paint our front room um and then the next day I did not feel great and then the day after that it was like stop and it's like the headache and migraine the body aches every it's like my body was saying what are you doing yeah why are you going on hikes and painting bed like rooms just stop so I think it's the body's natural way of doing it but it was um do you know what? No. Everyone talks about the day apparently when you go into labour, you get this boost of energy. Uh, I guess it's the body getting ready to do the big thing it's about to do. And so a lot of people say on their labour day, they you know they went shopping, did a big shop, walked the dogs, cleaned the house, and they didn't know why they were doing all this. And oh. so like the other day when I was on a mad one doing all this stuff, Christian sat me down and went, are we going into labour? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just had but energy. That's, do you know what? That's reassuring to know because when I felt really, really pants yesterday, I did think, oh my God, if I went into labour now, I'd be screwed because my head hurts so much. Oh. I can barely, I can't feel like I can move. I feel a bit better today, but... Oh, the body is clever. No, let's give it more respect. Let's give it more respect. So, um, 
yeah so that's what that's what i've been up to the last week anyway welcome welcome on board of course this is two new mums uh, sponsored by the baby show we're also their official podcast partner for their live event at excel in london which happened a few weeks back uh, and you can hear our live chat with kate lawler on a future episode that is coming up very soon she's got her new book out um so thank you as well if you came along their events are the nation's largest shopping destinations for all things baby. They really are. There were so many products and stands at this event. I uh, went you... on the um, I went on the thing where you try out the prams, which was actually brilliant <laughs> because that's the what I know, Jenny. You've loved buying stuff, but I've not been that bothered about buying stuff. I found it a bit apart from the cute little baby greys. But that's something I could get on board with. It was like buying a new car. It's like test driving a car. You can try all the different ranges. It was brilliant. They had like a little assault course. Uh, like Amy says, you can compare, try and buy products. And also there's lots of exclusive deals from hundreds of brands. If you missed this one a couple of weeks back now, uh, they've got another coming up later on in the year. So keep an eye on their website and their social media for that. Indeed. So um, as you probably know by now, we are two podcasters who fell pregnant two days apart. Which the more I think about that, the weirder it is, actually. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, people are like, oh, when are you due? When are, when's Jenny due? I'm like, two days later. Like, what? Mm. Um, not a clue between us, but I do think we're getting there. We're starting to get there, aren't, aren't we? I feel like Thank I know you to the experts. The, yeah, honestly, if we hadn't have done this podcast, I still think I'd be a bit screwed. <laughs> I've learned so much. Um, so whether you're on a fertility journey, or you're currently pregnant, you're undecided about kids, uh, you're in the right place. Um, so we are at uh, where we're now, week th- thirty-six, I think. But we're going to talk about yeah, we're going to talk about covid today which has been a big well a big thing as we mentioned in last episode jenny obviously you had covid Mm. whilst you were pregnant i had uh, i was agonizing over getting the vaccine um from when i was trying to conceive that really scared me but as you'll hear later that actually has quite a strange effect on me getting the vaccine um (laughs) I think I've have I mentioned I think I have mentioned this haven't I that I basically got pregnant like a month later so um, yeah. didn't have a negative impact that's all I'll say uh, <laughs> but I was I was really agonizing about getting the second jab whilst pregnant so um yeah we wanted it to be a really non-bias judgy space because it can be with things like this I'm sure we've all come across people who are like uh, well from both sides oh don't you dare get the vaccine while pregnant yeah. to you have to get it's it's so divisive yeah um and trust me we're chatting to dr will from happy parents happy baby and oh if every doctor could be like this honestly he will no matter what your thinking is on getting the vaccine whether you or, or if you're stuck in the middle listen to will because it's the most non-judgy um informative chat i think it's, it will really help you with your decision whatever that may be it's just clear concise information based on yeah. facts no opinions and then do with it what you will and make your own decision that's what this is all about totally and i think that's what you need to hear isn't it um so i just thought i'd do a quick update where are you at jenny with um now we're allowed to do it at this stage the perineal massage because um yeah it's not how i imagined actually you messaged me yesterday and you said, are you doing... There was a list of things that we're meant to be doing at this point, which you rightly said is overwhelming, but you said, yeah. are you doing your perineal massage? And um, my answer was, no, whoops, forgot about that. So luckily we got these perineal massagers, really, aren't they, called yeah. um, from Perimom. And I'm so grateful that we got sent these. Thank you, Perimom, because... I tried to go for the, I mean, I'm not going to 
paint a picture with my imagination brush right now. You don't need to visualize that. But I tried to go for the thumbs in method. That's all oh, I'm going to say. Okay. That's as graphic as we need. Yeah. Yeah. And because I've got very short arms and um, a bump in the way, I struggled to like get the insertion correct. And I thought if only I had more reach. Thank you, Perry mum for your little massager because I just stuck that in and waved it round and that was a little bit easier and it, it did help and also they said as oh, did you get I got some sweet almond oil which smells yes. delicious and yes. really really helped with the massaging I've got to say if I didn't have one of these because it's like a sort of wand um, yeah like a sort of long massager it sort of looks like a not, not a sex toy but yeah um but you know it's but it's perfect because it just it gets in there for you I don't think I'd do it without this because um yeah I don't know what I expect I think I think part of me thought oh this will be pleasurable you know it's a massage down there um but it's you suit what yeah kind of and you know you've got this oil involved and I'm like all right brilliant <laughs> but you soon realize why you've never touched your perineal or whatever it is because yeah there's it's not it, no it's not that area it's not yeah. an erogenous area no it's it's well you realize it, it's an area I've definitely neglected my entire life because why would I have um, done anything with it before but yeah it's it's weird isn't it because yeah. I still I hope I'm doing it right I think I am it's quite tricky but like I say this massage it just helps because it yeah whatever it is you do I think I'm doing it right um but it's uh y- yeah it's, it's weird isn't it it's that toughy in it because I'm with you I don't know if I'm doing it right but you can't really take a video and send it and go like Amy <laughs> no. did you watch look YouTube like this? <laughs> yeah. yeah like there are YouTube videos like when we had midwife Marley on she did a demo but even that I'm like well I can see what you're doing and I think I'm doing it right but it is yeah it's a bit of an unknown because I can't see anything either and it even if you've got also, a mirror out, it's quite, it's just tricky. I also had to re-familiarise myself because it's the first time I've looked at just down there for a very long time. Yes. So I sat in front of a mirror, legs Same. akimbo, like on a <laughs> tilt a bit with my back supported. And um, I, I, I thought, wow, you've changed. It's almost like, again, I don't want to paint any visuals, but it's definitely opened up like a flower a little oh, bit more than it. Really? Mine has, I, yeah. Um. I don't know if I noticed anything that happened. I was doing it and I heard Kenny come upstairs and I shouted, don't come in here. And obviously the first thing he did was come in here. And I went, no, I, went, I don't want you to see me doing that. I had the mirror in front of me. I was like, that's a real, I said, and then he, as he walked, he went, oh my God. And as he walked out, I said, I just said, don't come in here. I know some people, some people say, get your other half involved, but no, I don't want, I don't want to. It's not a sexy thing for me. I'm like, yeah. no, I want to, I want to do that on my own. Thank you. And he yeah. saw, I mean, he's going to see worse, isn't he? Um, but I was just like, it's <laughs> not something I needed you to be a part of, but you've seen yeah. it. Christian, so, yes. I went downstairs after mine last night and Christian was cooking dinner and he went, so how did it go? And it was like, <laughs> you know, when you can't look someone in the eye, you like feel a bit like it was fine. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there is a lot to think about. I this, didn't I, on your WhatsApp? I'm like, I, I keep forgetting, like, ah, I need to do my pelvic floor. I need to do my perineal massage. I need to do, what else? Lunges. Breathing. Lunge, I didn't know about lunges. I mean, I do yoga most days because my body needs it so badly. But uh, yeah, dates. quite a lot. Eat your dates. Drink Eat your dates. raspberry leaf tea. This is why I don't want the baby to come early because I've not bought any dates yet. 
but apparently if you eat dates there's like massive evidence that it really helps yeah. shorten labor and giving birth and all sorts i mean apparently it's- it like i because I, I, I was reading about it yesterday when i was forcing vile dates down my throat it can like soften the cervix and stuff like that and what? then raspberry leaf tea um apparently this is all um can just give you a quicker labor and uh, apparently lessen bleeding postpartum so i'm drinking loads of that all that's happening is i'm going to the toilet more regularly yeah because they're both See, laxatives so interesting so i love raspberry leaf tea but i really got into it when i was trying to conceive because they also say it helps with conception so i was <gasps> absolutely i was smashing through it um before i was trying yeah when i was trying to get pregnant so interest i'll be happy to get back into it you're only meant to have it from a certain point so we can have it now right have it now yeah yeah, yeah you can have it oh. now Oh, I've been missing that because you're not meant to have it. This is where it gets really confusing. You're then not meant to have it in your like first trimester or second trimester because it obviously, oh I don't know. Goodness. Oh, there's a lot of rules. There's a, a lot, lot going on. Bloody oh. hell. Why did it have um, to be dates though of all the fruit? <laughs> dates. Ugh. They have clusters of fruit. I quite like dates, but I, I wouldn't, you were saying eat six a day. That's too much. There's a lot of sugar in them. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I thought that today. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm having six a day though, because that's what I read. So okay. that's where I'm. Oh, it's another. It's another thing to put on my list. Although I did manage on the baby moon, I managed to finish my hypnobirthing book and course, write up my birth plan, and make a birthing playlist. So I feel like a oh. bit of a show off. Did you have like? Was your baby moon emotional? Was it like? Oh, this is the last time it's going to be me and Kenny and no. Peggy Sue. I mean, look, everyone said to me, go on a baby moon because it is the last time you get to enjoy a holiday. Ideally, we wanted to go abroad, but we left it too late. I'm too big. Um, COVID in faff, no. So um, I really wanted some heat on my bones. So that's what I really wanted. But no, look, it was lovely um because a lady messaged me on instagram saying did you feel comfortable going away like 36 weeks pregnant you know were you not panicked about hospitals and i didn't feel that at all i think you know it was four hour drive but that's you can still get to a hospital it's not i I wasn't even thinking about that but um no it was lovely and do you know what it was like i say i got those things done which i wouldn't get done at home because i'm doing emails or I'm painting or I'm trying to get the nursery ready. Like it was good yeah. to get away and get those little things done. Um, and I did a lot of, we did a lot of dog walking, but I did a lot of sitting in our little beach hut and just looking out to sea. And it was really lovely and calming. And yeah, we went for some nice meals and stuff like that. But um, I mean, yeah, I think we spent some nice time just as together, but I mean, we're generally at home together quite a lot these days anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but I know everyone says your holidays are going to be ruined when you have kids. I mean, we've already got a trip abroad planned, so sod that. Um, yes. Whether the kid ruins it or not, I'm getting, I'm having some Prosecco in the sunshine. Oh, do you know what I did do? And I know some people will probably message me, yeah, you shouldn't do that. I had the first gla- my first glass of wine in nine months. Oh my goodness. I want to know everything. I, okay, Jenny, right. Because I haven't so had a drop and it's preference, it's personal preference, yeah. this totally get it and if you've not had any fair play and I've yeah. not I've not I've just not been interested to be quite honest alcohol not been on my agenda but you know I've got a month to go and I thought do you know what we went for some seafood I said to Kenny oh my god I'd love a glass of little glass of white wine he went just have one he yeah. said come on it's, it's like it's fine and I thought do you know what sod it so it's probably easier to drink now than when because you've got breastfeeding the other side of this or whatever anyway so I was like right I'm gonna do it and oh Jenny I had this ice cold I can't even thinking about it now makes me want to cry. I didn't think I missed alcohol. You see, this is the problem. Don't have a sip. Because I had a sip and was like, my God, that is good. I could do two bottles. I could 
sink. What was it, it? That was the problem. It was Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, Savvy B. I had a Savvy B with a big bowl of mussels. Oh, Amy. Fresh, fresh Cornish mussels and a small but delightfully cold Savvy B. And I just thought, my God, I can't wait to see you again. That was delicious. It was hello, absolutely. Old friend. Oh, hello, old friend, indeed. I've got, I know girls who have been like, yeah, I have like the odd few glasses of wine a week. It's fine. Do it. You know, it's your baby, whatever. And it's I your don't preference. Think, I don't think there's, anyway, let's not get into that. But either way, bloody hell, it was good. So. <laughs> a friend of mine said around Christmas, she did um, a gig. She's a singer and she got given a hot chocolate before she went on to sing. And um, she was like, that was delicious. What mm. was, that was a good hot chocolate. And they were like, yeah, it had Baileys in it. She was like, that's why. <laughs> but also, oh, okay. I'm five what? months pregnant. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Um, nah, well, you know, a little bit. You'll be all right, I'm sure. Oh, but that sounds lovely. We, we've not done a baby moon. We've just got no time. I'm really jealous. that It's really great that you made time to. I know you wanted to go abroad, but it's good that you were able to at least get away. Like you mm. say, get things done that are important. But we did, when we were in London for the baby show, we thought we'd make a night of it. Uh, so we got a hotel and we thought we'd do um, a dinner and a show. And we obviously hadn't planned it. So we were looking at shows that night. Lion King was 180 quid a ticket. Absolutely not. What? Yeah. I've already seen it. I know what happens. What's the point? Exactly. Um, So we were were a bit torn what to do. So naturally I had a nap and left it to Christian. And he woke me up and he said, Jenny Love, I've booked us a show. And I went, okay, great. We're going to a drag show. It was £20 a ticket. (laughs) amazing like yes so we went to a drag show and amy this is where i found out the biggest the biggest hack of pregnancy that i can't believe we've not used more right i got treated like a vip we arrived at ruby blues in leicester square like soho area um the the bouncer saw me let me cue jump got me in took me up to the bar like literally escorted me up the stairs and then we sat in the bar and then we realized the show was in the other bar so we had to walk over to the other bar by then point we're at the back of the queue and we were like we're not going to get a seat i'm going to be stood this whole time same bouncer came and got us took us to the front of the queue and everyone was really annoyed and i turned around and when they saw i was pregnant they were like oh that's fine that's fine he took us to the best seats in the house we got table service, even though it wasn't table service. All the drag queens made a fuss of me, like really like danced around me and loved that I was pregnant. And I was like, why haven't I done more events pregnant if this oh is how you get treated? God, yes, yes. You see, that is amazing. I need to go to more drag shows. That's such a good point. I hadn't thought about the only treatment. I had some good treatment this week, not like quite like that, but I walked past our fish and chip shop and the smell just gets me so bad. I thought, <laughs> I can't have full fish and chips. I'm just going to get a batter sausage. And there was a bit of a queue. And there was a guy who was about, when I got into the queue, the guy who was about to go next insisted that I go first and just push in and I was like oh my god like what a lovely guy and I said I only want a batter I said I only want a batter sausage as well he was like well there you go absolutely and he let me push in and get my batter sausage amazing and I thought and I did think how else can I milk this this is brilliant don't think he cared what you were ordering for your day it's (laughs) nice you told him well no I wanted to tell him that I wasn't ordering like seven (laughs) bags of chips I was like I'm just getting a batter sausage as well but that's brilliant. Yeah, where else? If you know anywhere else that we can really milk mm. this, we've not, we've not got much time left, so let's know. Well, Christian's um, like, his tight Yorkshireman head started ticking and he said, love, once baby's out, we need to get a fake bump for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. Like, can we get 
better parking spaces and things like that. Well, you can use parent and toddler when you're pregnant. What? Yes. What? Yes, we do. Are you really? Yeah, because you're pregnant. You're with child. Fuming. Right, I'm going Tesco later, making the most of that. (laughs) No, go Tesco on a Saturday afternoon when it's packed. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, really. Yeah, make the most of it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, any other suggestions, please let us know. <laughs> oh, I did make, um, I've made a mum friend, Jenny, on the park. Right. Um, <laughs> I was just walking the dog and this lady was walking with a pram and two kids in town and a dog. And she walked over to me and she went, oh, when are you due? And we started chatting and I told her and she, we swapped names, I know her name. And I was like, oh, there seems to be quite a lot of, you know, good mum community around here. And she went, oh yeah, I live around the corner. And I was like, well, I live up there. So I've got a new mum friend. That's exciting, oh, isn't it? that's nice. Yeah. See, that's what yeah. I'm... A- avidly avoiding but I well, think it's there's part of me I was like I don't I don't know if I'm going to enjoy like being in the whole mum circle full time but we'll see I mean I, I was quite excited I just made a friend I had, had yeah. it's like when you get a new dog in the area I didn't make friends where I used to live until I got a puppy and I think yeah. having a baby will be the same so I quite like that yeah that so is we'll nice see. and everyone yeah. says like the mum tribe is like the most dedicated nicest group of people ever well so. i hope so because mum tribe sounds intimidating <laughs> to me like it sound like do you watch um is it motherland which is so funny no do you watch motherland okay motherland is absolutely brilliant watch it immediately even if you don't have kids it's so funny but i feel like that is that is kind of how i think mums at the school gate will be be like but it's funny watch it Oh, um gosh that's a whole other thing isn't it the school yeah. run oh gosh we're not we don't there need yet. to worry about that no, 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 no. No. you've got your nursery done though haven't you so you're oh, the nursery ready to go. it's lovely go on our instagram two new mums podcast see the pictures it's we've gone very like woodland up Love in that. the mountains can't believe you've gone for a theme i haven't got a theme i've just I... got a giraffe <laughs> that's a theme what is what theme is that? The safari. So we're right. we're like right, I'll go safari. mountains. You can be safari. Okay. Um, but I got a bit overwhelmed at the weekend when I was just sort of putting everything in its place. And you buy things, don't you? And then you leave it in the box because the thought of getting it out and having to read the instructions and figure it out yeah. is too overwhelming. So we've got so mm. much stuff. And I thought I'll start with something easy like the nappy bin. I can figure out a nappy bin. And I had the instructions and I was sat on the floor trying to do a nappy bin. It's like an odour seal nappy bin. I couldn't figure it out. I broke it and I sat crying. And again, Christian had to come over to me, sat on the floor crying. What now? Second time, yeah. And I said, if I can't figure out the nappy bin, how am I going to figure out the bloody push chair and all this other tech stuff that you're meant to have? Failed as a mother. (laughs) Gosh. But then he told me to persevere and I did and I fixed it and I felt like oh. I'd achieved something because I got the nappy bin sorted. Well, I don't even have a nappy bin. I don't even, <laughs> well, like I said to you, I've still barely bought anything. I've got a few bits now, but again, still in the boxes because, yeah, I think of doing it and I just think I can't be bothered. It's no nearer the time. And also once I put it up, it's in the way. Like yeah. the boxes don't take up as much room. So Jenny's, I'm I'm nowhere near finished my nursery. I've shown a little snapshot of my wardrobe. But um, <laughs> yeah, Which for now. Which is great. Well, it'll do. But yeah, you've you've gone all out. Well done. It's a good Thank commitment. You. So yeah, you can see that on our Instagram. But, um, there we go. That's where we're at at the moment. So um, let's get into our chat, shall we? With the brilliant, brilliant Dr. Will um talking about covid and the vaccines hopefully if you are unsure this is gonna just help ease your mind a little bit whichever decision you make your decision 
Please welcome to the show Dr. Will from Happy Parents, Happy Baby. Morning, Will. Good morning, both of you. How are you both this morning? Do you know what, Will? Very <laughs> yeah, heavy. We were just having a bit, but we've we've enjoyed pregnancy, haven't we? Actually, but. Um, it's only in the last sort of 48 hours I've been having a bit of a struggle but we both realized you know as broadcasters this is a bit of an issue we're so nasally and congested I had a cold like six weeks ago and I feel like it's just never left is that normal in the third trimester I I think people do comment on that that maybe things you pick up things more frequently um, and maybe you're aware of things as well more frequently and I'm in the middle of a similar I'm, I'm obviously not pregnant but I've got um, three little <laughs> children and we've got a four-year-old a two-year-old and a six-month-old and so we're forever in our house fighting one illness to the next so I, I share your feeling of constant <laughs> nasalness <laughs> and it's not yeah hopefully the sunshine will make us all feel a bit more awake and alive it definitely does but what you're saying is we're nasally now but it'll get even more nasally when we've got kids running around <laughs> we're ruined absolutely this, this is 18 years ahead of you, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, it's good to know. Um, <laughs> so, well, for people that don't know, you're an um, obst- now I can say obstetrician, but Jenny and I can't say obstetric. How do you say the shortened version? This is embarrassing. So, obstetric. 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 That's an obstetric um, doctor. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I, I have kind of, I suppose, come at the discussion we're going to have from three angles. Um, one. Uh, uh, Kind of clearly an obstetric doctor, which means I'm a, a doctor, um, but my and um, my main job in the hospital um, is supporting people through their pregnancy. So um, some people who are pregnant will meet obstetric doctors through their antenatal period. So in the clinic and others maybe only meet them during their labour if, if there's support that we need to give or discussions that need to have. So that's kind of one angle and the other angle which is probably the most important is like I said I'm a dad um, and so have been on the other side three times and um, honestly I think that's completely transformed the way I view um, the information and the support that we give to people because I think it's easy when you're out of that world to see the textbook and and the guidelines and say this is the way that we should support and recommend to people but being on the other side one of a supporting my wife through her pregnancies but also as a a dad that you just view decisions in a really different light and I think coming on to what we're going to talk about about vaccinations um it's easy if you're not in that world just to say just get them but I think in the reality of real life it's not as easy as that um and then the third is um I, I set up happy parents happy baby actually with this view so my wife and I set it up four and a half years ago after the birth of our first just because we felt that the information that's out there for pregnant people is really lacking and really to have it given by a team of specialists so we we have a team of seven specialists on our antenatal courses midwives doctors physiotherapists who support people and make sure that people are given a really balanced view on the decisions that they need to make and then hopefully and and we see this that then they can feel really informed and whatever viewpoint or whatever decision they make they can have the knowledge that they've made it on from the best kind of information point um, and with the balance of views um, and then whatever decision people make is their own um, but at least they're coming at it from the right angles yeah that's the way to feel empowered so it's i'm making this decision knowing pros and cons to each aspect and i think that's so important for every part of pregnancy and then i guess parenting as well yeah definitely 
definitely. And I, I think that balance of views is um, is always the way to look at things. I think there's people who will naturally, when they think about medical decisions, will be someone who will say, I will always just take the doctor or the midwife's opinion and recommendation and I'm just going to take that as the decision I'll make. And there's others who will say, no, I'm going to take that information in and I'm going to do my own research. And I think for me, neither viewpoint is wrong or right. Um, it's that whatever viewpoint you have, it's much better to go into those decision making processes and say, what is the information? What is that balanced view? Even if you're someone who knows that you'll take the recommendation at the beginning, just ask these questions because ultimately then you'll feel really empowered and and you'll know that throughout that journey whatever decision whether it's an induction or having a vaccine in pregnancy that it's been your decision based on quality information but it's ultimately your decision not someone else's because then if issues arise you're never in a situation of regret thinking i wish i'd challenged that decision and so I'm, I'm, I'm never here to say that there's one way to do things um, and there's not one way to think about medical decisions or decisions in your pregnancy. Um, it's much better to always think of it as a balance of options and there's pros and cons of both options and, and we'll obviously talk about that in terms of vaccines as well. Yeah, that, that is refreshing to hear because I think that's the thing you're faced with is just so I didn't realise how many, I just thought you get pregnant, you go into hospital, doctors, midwives tell you what to do and that's it kind of thing but there's so many decisions and it's... Um, it's important to get that that balanced view and that is why I particularly wanted to talk about the vaccine because I've found that um really a really difficult decision um first of all can we talk um pre um pregnancy because um when I was trying to conceive I was really worried about getting the vaccine and I'd had um previously had an ectopic pregnancy and then a following miscarriage and then we were struggling to get pregnant for a very long time and I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm going to get the first vaccine, but I was so nervous about it. And then the following month, I fell pregnant, naturally, before I was about to start IVF. And I just thought that's so bizarre because, you know, I was so worried about the vaccine. And then here I am now, eight months pregnant. And it's, I know there's been a lot of um, anecdotal sort of stories about this. A lot of women, even friends of mine saying that the vaccine has affected their menstrual cycle. And now I know that they're doing some research into it. But I just wonder, what what do you think? Do you think there is anything in, I don't know, does it change your levels of estrogen? Do you think there's any way the vaccine actually played a positive part in me getting pregnant or, you know, for anyone's sort of journey like that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you anecdotally that, um, that there has been reports of people saying that they've had a change in their menstrual cycles after having the vaccine but interestingly that that the the latest research so that was part of a, a recent research study that's just been published that showed that there there hasn't been concrete evidence of that and i think it does come on to when this is a big decision for people in and out of pregnancy it's a big decision to have anything and, and a vaccine that's a kind of relatively new um, in the grand scheme of things is, has been a big decision. But I think naturally two things. One, when you're having something like that. And secondly, if you're in that period of time when you're thinking about a pregnancy, particularly if you've had the issues, um, I'm sorry that you had to go through, Amy, then um, naturally you'll be really aware of things. So mm. it's it's probably that people mm. have just said, 
oh, I've really thought about this vaccine. And then, oh, my menstrual cycle was a bit delayed next, or my period was a bit delayed the following month. And it might have been that that period would have always been delayed. But because they had the vaccine, which was a big decision, that they took note of that more. And obviously, then, as happens on social media and in media, that someone says, oh, this happened to me, then anecdotally, everyone will say, and, it, and currently there's no evidence to show that that has been actually the facts. Um, now, obviously, it's relatively small numbers that have been investigated perhaps down the line. And I should say really at the beginning of us talking about evidence that um, we are here today um, in March of 2022 and the information we've got now is the best, the information I'll talk about is the best information that we have available today and it might be next month, next year that we have different views. But certainly, Amy, there's no, uh, I don't think we would ever, I don't know anyone who would say that having the vaccine would have a positive effect of you becoming pregnant. I don't think we'll start rolling it out as a treatment of people's fertility no. issues. Um, not yet, anyway. But I suppose for anyone who's who's trying to conceive, the, the one thing I was worried about was, um, you know, it, if you are trying to conceive, the the vaccine it's it's still safe to get the vaccine at that point yes so um and again this is is something i i wish i'd kind of taken screenshots through the last couple of years um about the information that's been provided because i think this has been the biggest factor that's made it difficult for people to make this decision that over the last two years 18 months and um, the information that we've had available, which, of course, is always, like I said, the best available information has ever been developing. And in a pandemic where we've been trying to get information, there's so much research being done, that information, the best quality information almost from month to month has been changing. And there was a point at the beginning where it was just the unknown of the vaccine and the unknown of COVID that meant that there was this um and it was the correct messaging that there was an uncertainty about taking the vaccine at different points of pregnancy and preconception. But currently, there's not any evidence that that's a problem. And that the recommendation, in fact, is to, in particular, if you're before trying or if you're saying I'm, I'm, I might think about pregnancy later this year, that in fact, now is, the, is a really good time to get it because then you're not in the kind of the the moral or decision-making dilemma of getting it in pregnancy, which we'll obviously come to. So um, to, to simply answer your question, know that if you're trying for a pregnancy now is a very good time to have a vaccine um, before you become pregnant. It's an excellent time. I think that's really helpful because I've got a lot of friends that are, they track their ovulation and, and that's kind of the way they're um, doing it at the moment. And um, obviously it can take a while and they're, they're worrying or if I have this vaccine now, that's going to throw it all out and my app's not going to work because that's kind of the way it's done now, isn't it? It's all yeah, through an app. Yeah. So I think that's really helpful. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, I think there's there's so many... The, the, with these apps as well, I, I think um, it, it's good to track things. Um, and, of course, if you have a vaccine, continue to track it. It's, it's not going to do any harm to continue to track. Um, but like always, we know that the, there's always a slight variation in, in many people's periods. So um, that probably is independent of the vaccine. Something that um, I know a lot of people are, are in this position, and this is where I ended up um, being, Will, is I had my, obviously the first vaccine before I got pregnant, then I fell pregnant, and then I didn't feel comfortable having it in the first trimester, so I waited till the second. And it was a real agonising decision for me. I, I felt, you know, with everything I've been through, I just 
it is a hard decision. And I did eventually go for it because I had previously had COVID before the vaccines even came out and I'd had a really bad experience. And because I kept getting ill with pregnancy, I went for it. And touch wood, you know, I didn't have any side effects and it was okay. But what I really wanted to know at the time, actually, and I think there might be other people in this position, what was my level of immunity? Would I have been okay having had COVID and I'd had the quite aggressive version? Um, was it Delta or the Kent variant? I can't remember. Um, but I'd had it quite badly and then I'd had the first vaccine. So if I hadn't have had the second, would I still have had a decent amount of immunity going into the third trimester? Yeah, so um, it is different for every... So your level of immunity after um, having COVID and the vaccine, um, it will be dependent on you, your um, how your body took the vaccine in or, or was affected by COVID, the, the degree of illness that you got from COVID, um, the, the, the variant of COVID that you got. And so um, it is different for everyone. Um, and the thing is, is what we're trying to get everyone to is the best possible point of immunity. And so um, the evidence has shown that your immunity as a kind of, when we think about evidence, it's where there's maybe one person's reaction will be different or one person's body's response to something will be different to another person's. The best way to think about it is on a population level. So we look at, say, a thousand people and say, as that group, what is their chance of getting the illness or getting, um, sorry, getting COVID and just being at home, getting COVID and being ill from it, getting COVID and being ill and needing to be in hospital, or obviously the more severe where they in intensive care or or were. So we've kind of thought, think of people, a group of people and these levels of illness that you could have as a response of getting COVID. And certainly it seems that the further we've gone along the variants, the more levels of um, immunity that we need to get people to. And so with the Omicron, it's the booster that we need. So we ideally want people to be in a situation they've had the booster vaccine. So even more than just one dose. Now, that being said, one dose is better than no doses. Two doses is better than one dose. Um, Having COVID as your immunity is probably better than not having had COVID. And so... I kind of explain that as a spectrum because I think some people will be in your situation. They'll say, I'm in this situation. I'm in my early stage of my pregnancy. I would, having received all the information, would prefer to leave it at that. And that's okay as if they've come to that conclusion. But if you said, I want my, my aim is to become as protected as possible, having heard all the information, then the answer will always be, well, get the next dose of a vaccine that, or the dose that's available to you if that's the first dose, if you haven't had any, or the booster. And so the, I hope I hope that kind of makes sense, Amy. But essentially, um, the, the long-term protection is different from everyone. If we're looking for the ultimate protection, it's to get the, the doses and the booster, um, and that will provide the longest-term protection and at whatever stage of a pregnancy it's recommended. So um, just to pick up on that point that you made about waiting till the second trimester, um, again, there's not evidence that in the first trimester, the vaccine has any 
consequence. There's no increased risk of miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy or um, developmental change in the pregnancy. So um, we're still recommending in early pregnancy that people will receive a vaccine if they're at the point that they should be um, would have been recommended it. With that on um, immunity and people's different levels of immunity and how it's different in everyone. So I got COVID when I was about 20 weeks pregnant and um i was poorly it wasn't it wasn't awful but i was poorly like a flu and um, my fiance got it at the same time and he was fine and so i put that down to well i've definitely got it worse because i'm pregnant is that a fair thing to say is it is it that when when people are getting it pregnant they are getting it worse than maybe normal or do we just not know that at all i was just going to say jenny you were double jabbed as well weren't you I was double jabbed and my fiance was triple jabbed and uh, yeah, he had pretty much no side effects and I was poorly for about three days with it. Yeah, so um, the majority of people who get COVID in pregnancy will have mild disease or mild symptoms or no symptoms. Um, Now, how you um, feel in pregnancy will obviously... Um, be different to I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're all aware of it like Amy you were saying about your um, kind of just generally feeling under the weather um, you've, you people feel pregnant it, it can make you feel more unwell even if you're having the same same symptoms that maybe out of pregnancy you would have felt fine with it and additionally people obviously understandably can be uh, kind of more anxious if they become ill in pregnancy particularly with covid that there's so many factors that play Um, but it's not as simple to say that if you're pregnant you'll get it worse than um you'll get it outside of pregnancy there's different factors you said you mentioned there about being triple dosed or double dose single dose there's many factors to play in it but it's it's definitely um we know that in pregnancy in women who are uh, unvaccinated in pregnancy and there's it seems to be a disproportional amount of people so it's it's more likely that group of people so unvaccinated in pregnancy will become significantly unwell with um covid and that's the group of people although it is a, a minority it's not the majority of people who are pregnant who get covid will become seriously unwell it's a small number but that number is bigger than a group of people or women who are un pregnant and unvaccinated so it is it's important um, that we talk about vaccination in pregnancy because we know that it can protect people from significant illness and um, needing to um, say be admitted to hospital or anything like this I think because yeah because it is such a big you know decision for a lot of women and I know a lot of women who have chosen to be unvaccinated in pregnancy and they've not had COVID before. Would you say, Will, it sort of comes down to, it's weighing up your your risks, isn't it? And, and, you know, obviously we know that if you have, having had, I had COVID very badly and it was obviously before the vaccine. I thought if I get that again in pregnancy, it would be horrendous. Um, but I suppose getting the vaccine, we don't know at this point, the, what are the, are there any negative side effects? I mean, if you are weighing it up, I suppose, I think for me, I was always thinking, what if it causes any issues with the baby? That's the main concern, isn't it? So do we know any more about that? I mean, I know a lot of the evidence has been that, you know, that it's fine. But, you know, weighing up that risk, how much more do we know about that? So um, I think when we're thinking about a, a decision, we have to think first, what are my options? And essentially, 
the obvious two are one to get the vaccine now um wherever you are in your pregnancy or before pregnancy option two is the other extreme to say that i'll take the information in but i'm going to decline the vaccine in entirety and then there's the middle point though where you'll say i'm not happy to get the vaccine now but at this point wherever that point will be i will be happy and that might be um like amy you said waiting till the second trimester or some will say i won't get it in pregnancy but i'll get it immediately afterwards so the first thing i should say is the recommendation and i'll kind of go through the decision but the recommendation is to get it and the, the covid vaccine wherever you are in that journey so before pregnancy and early pregnancy later pregnancy or after pregnancy but that's not to say that that's the decision that will ever everyone will make and when we're making a decision um, and like i was talking about um earlier that we um, at happy parents happy baby when we talk about anything in any decision that people are making in pregnancy be that an induction of labor a cesarean section a vaccine in pregnancy it's about balancing the risks number one two personalizing those risks to you and then three making sure with that good quality information that you can then go forward and make a decision that you feel is right for you not for your friends not for the doctor or midwife but for you and so i think with covid vaccines it makes that decision making process is is relatively straightforward in that we've got the risks of covid in pregnancy and we've got the risks of the covid vaccine in pregnancy and i think if you'd asked me this question a year ago then this would have been a very different conversation but um just to i suppose i think it's interesting to think about um why there's been maybe some mixed messages and why maybe this decision making process has been difficult for the the government and the, and the the doctors and midwives who are supporting people and it's rightly or wrongly but when we first bring out a medication they're not trialed on pregnant women um, and i think this is uh, it is something that kind of ethically is felt to be the right thing to do that if we don't know things we shouldn't others there's another viewpoint that we should trial it on pregnant people because pregnant women are, are, are such an important group of people that we need to support but rightly or wrongly that information wasn't there at the beginning and so when the vaccine was made we didn't have that information whereas now um we've got more than half a million so i think the current the latest information is about 300 just under 400,000 pregnant women in the uk or the usa who've been pregnant when they've got the vaccination um, and that's the data that we've got so it's a huge number of pregnant people who've had the vaccine and it's shown only increasingly supportive information about it so there's been no adverse reactions to the pregnancies so there's no chance there's not been any increased risk of stillbirth or preterm birth or miscarriage in fact the risk of stillbirth and the risk of um preterm birth where the baby's born early is um more than halved in the women who've had the vaccine compared to the women who haven't had the vaccine now of course we know that um you can get some mild reactions from the vaccine so some people feel quite unwell after the vaccine but you can't get covid from the vaccine because there's not a live part of the vaccine in sort of live part of the virus in the vaccine so usually it's just the symptoms that people get the headache sore arm muscle aching muscle weakness and these sorts of things um so that's the kind of 
when we think about the risk of the vaccine, um, there's mild symptoms that people get. There's obviously rare reactions to the, to any medication, but these are, are very rare and not more in pregnant people. Um, and there's not any risk of harm, known risk of harm to the baby. In fact, that potentially there's some of the immunity that we've talked about that you'll get, the baby might actually get for a short amount of time before they can mount their own response. So that's one side of the argument. And then we talk about the other side, which is you could say, well, let me not get the vaccine. What's the risk of getting COVID? And um, again, that we, we do know that the risk of COVID in pregnancy, particularly in the third trimester, is more than if you weren't pregnant. And the risk of ending up in um, hospital or ending up in intensive care is higher. And I think the data is, I find it amazing that, so 98% of women who, pregnant women who are in hospital or have been in hospital in intensive care have been unvaccinated. So only 2% of pregnant women who were in hospital in ITU with COVID um, were, unvac were, were vaccinated. So that, I think that as one kind of takeaway message, it, it, it reduces your risk by 50 times the risk of getting severe illness and obviously the consequence that could have on the preg your pregnancy. So kind of that's the, the two views of it. Um, now, obviously, we need to personalise these. If you're someone who feels that your exposure is going to be very low or say on the other side, you've got other health risks to having COVID, then there's so many factors um, that you can personalise. Um, and it's really important to kind of get that information and then personalise it to you. Um, and ultimately, having heard all that information, you might still feel that I, I, I would prefer to wait and that's fine as well. And that's just, that's a, a point that you'll be always supported along. Um, I, does that kind of summarise things? Sorry, it was it's yeah. so much to kind of cover. But no, it's that that's. I mean, that was the kind of conclusion I came to. Really, that there seemed to be more evidence that your risk of getting COVID and then getting even more ill is is more detrimental to the baby than than actually having the vaccine. That's that's the conclusion I came to really. And I think. You know, it was. It, I did find it a very difficult decision to make, but ultimately, I mean, having had COVID myself, I just thought getting that again in pregnancy would be. I actually got a bad cold and I felt so ill, and I thought if I get COVID again, this will be really scary, to be quite honest. So that that was my sort of decision process with it. I think the the scariest thing is like Amy said. You think what's the what effect is the vaccine going to have on the baby that we've just gone over? But it's also for me when I found out I had COVID pregnant, it, my immediate thought was, is COVID going to affect the baby? Mm. And we've had quite a lot of listener questions asking this. So Jen said, does COVID have a lasting effect on the baby? Will their lungs be affected by um, the person carrying the baby having COVID? Do we know anything about this? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question um, and a kind of a logical one to think that it's, um, we know that COVID can affect your lungs or could it affect the baby? So um, if you're in the group of people who, who don't become seriously unwell with COVID, um, so in the, we know that two thirds of pregnant women are asymptomatic, so they don't have any symptoms in with COVID. Um, so if you're in that group, then no, there's no, um, known risk to the baby. Um, if you become seriously unwell with COVID, um, which, like I said, is, is a smaller proportion of people, then the only potential risk that's known is if you become more unwell, meaning that we 
need to make a decision to deliver the baby sooner. So in some women who are very unwell, then we know that pregnancy has a, your body works harder to support you and the pregnancy. So sometimes we need to make the, the decision to deliver the baby earlier. So preterm birth, um, which is often because the mum is more unwell. Now, if a baby's born prematurely, then that baby, because of a prematurity, not because of a COVID, could have an effect of their, in, in their lung development. So um, directly, no, there's no evidence that COVID can affect the baby. Um, but as a side effect, then we do know that um, these risks of babies being born more early are um, higher in women who get more unwell with COVID. Well, that's good to know. That is reassuring. Um, Nikki says, what are the risks of the COVID booster during each trimester, which we've sort of covered off a little bit? Yeah, I I think to just summarise what we said earlier, that any part of a vaccine process, and be that the first doses or the booster dose, is recommended at any stage of the pregnancy. So there's no increased risk known before pregnancy, no increased risk in early pregnancy of miscarriage, and no increased risk, um, in fact, a reduced risk of preterm birth or a, an effect of the growth of a baby. So these are common things that people worry about. But currently, with the evidence we have, there's no concern with any stage of the dose, including the booster. Um, Chloe's asked a question which um, I can relate to because I also had COVID in my pregnancy. She says, I caught COVID at 28 weeks. I was given blood thinners as I happened to have a call with the midwife. Is this routine? I had to call my midwife too. And take two weeks of blood thinners which i did so why is that yeah so um in we know outside of covid we know that um pregnant women are at a significantly increased chance of developing blood clots so blood clots in their legs or that that can develop to blood clots in the lungs so when you become pregnant um in the very one of the early clinic appointments they'll we have a a list of things that make you, other than being pregnant, at a higher risk of um, of developing um, blood clots. And one of those is having a illness. So um, when your body's, when you're unwell, um, just in general, um, is another time in your life um, or throughout your life that you may be at a slight increased risk of developing blood clots. And so for anyone who's pregnant, if you have a illness such as COVID, that will be a temporary risk to you having a slightly higher chance of developing a blood clot and so what should be happening is um if you're kind of close to that line say you were someone who we felt that you didn't need blood blood thinning injections and but you maybe had a couple of the risk factors that we may have checked for and then you get covid that might have pushed you over that threshold for temporary use of this blood thinning so for two weeks now for so if you're outside of the hospital with COVID, then that should be something that is done routinely. But admittedly, not everyone will inform their midwife or inform their team. So that process may not happen. So for you, Jenny, and and the listener who asked the question, you had a, a, a chance, an opportunistic interaction with the midwife who then went through that assessment tool again and felt that you would be recommended that not, might not be for everyone there's many people who we would say even though you had covid because you weren't too unwell and because of your medical background and your pregnancy we wouldn't recommend it so it's not that everyone who has covid the only group that we would always recommend is if you're so unwell with covid that you end up in hospital even for a short amount of time then for all of those people because we know that that's a, 
um, quite a significant increase in your chance of getting a blood clot, all of those people would be recommended to have two weeks of the blood thinning injection. So it's an assessment that will be done. And so the take home message is if you get COVID, in, if you need to go to the hospital, or even if you're sitting at home and not worried about it, just please inform your midwife and say, I've had COVID. Is this is there anything additional that I should do, such as a blood thing and injection? And then they'll go through the tool with you and, and, and advise you accordingly. How would that work in, say, the third trimester when you're coming up to full term and your due date? Because... I've I've worried, oh gosh, if I get it again and I have to do blood thinners, say at this point, can you be on blood thinners when you could give birth anytime soon? Yeah, so it's a really good question. Um, and blood thinners aren't unique to COVID. So blood thinners, many women are on blood thinners throughout their pregnancy or through the sec- the last trimester um, or after the baby's born. It's, it's one of the most common um, medications we use in pregnancy. Um, and that, I should say that to... Uh, just reassure people about having these in pregnancy. It's not a new medication, maybe like the vaccine. This is something we've used for many years with really good effect. And so we're quite used to people who um, are taking it up in their last trimester. Um, and we have a way. So if you obviously start contracting, we'll advise you to not take them. Um, if you did, it does. If you did say take the injection and then give birth the same day, unexpectedly then it slightly increases the risk of bleeding but nothing that we're not used to so you're if you are advised to take it in the third trimester your midwife or doctor will advise you about what to do and the timings of things but just to reassure you that it's not a big problem it's something we deal with quite um, frequently um leah says will a natural labor be any different for a mum who has covid so presumably i think she means if you go into hospital yeah, into labour while you have COVID. Yeah, that, and I think, Leah, that's one of the most... Uh, Jenny, we talked about there about the, the vaccines, the, the um, blood thinning injections. But I think in your last trimester, as you're getting close to your due date, these decisions around birth planning and, and what you want from your labour experience is a, is a really important decision and um, anything that might change those decisions is something that we need to consider. So um, I'm glad that Leah asked this about how having the um, inject, having the COVID infection at this stage. So um, essentially there's, um, there's two things. So one, if you are unwell with COVID um, and needing extra support, then the advice would be that we'd want you to be in hospital uh, where we can continuously monitor the baby through the labour process and offer the support to you as a, as the the mum um, if the pregnant if the labour meant that your body didn't kind of cope with the infection so well so we'd want the right support on hand be that the obstetric doctors or the anaesthetic doctors anyone who could help to support you if things became more of a struggle so that might change your decision if say you were someone who was planning to have a home birth or a birth in a midwife-led unit that would change what we would be advising which would be to be in the labour ward the obstetric unit um, of the hospital and that might have been what you were deciding anyway in fact in, in, in that case it wouldn't change your plans if you're asymptomatic so if you're someone who had covid just say you were did a lateral flow test say before you were going to hospital the next day then no it wouldn't change any of the decisions um, around your labor and so you could still um, in most hospitals they'd still be happy for you to be on the midwife-led unit or the um 
or at home and um, used the, the water or anything like that. The only decision that um, is different for each hospital that I'd ask that you ask in your local hospital will be about your partner. So um, your birth partner um, and whether they can join you is different for each hospital. Some will say if they've had the vaccine or if they've been double jabbed or if you've had COVID, if you've got COVID in there with you, then you stay as one. So each hospital has a different protocol on that. So I won't kind of advise nationally about that because obviously it's different, but just that's, a, I think, a really important thing um, to check now um, if you're kind of entering that third trimester, just to be really sure about what the impact would be um, of uh, on your kind of support group if you were to get COVID, because I think that's an, another really common worry that people have what if um your birth partner tested positive presumably they wouldn't be able to be with you if you were having a hospital birth yeah so so again it, it is um dependent on the hospital but for most if you're asymptomatic you don't have covid and your partner does then they wouldn't be allowed to come in um and i think with that we can uh, when we happy parents happy baby we try and think of all eventualities and then you can kind of feel supported with them and with the rates the, we, no one seems to be talking about covid at the moment because there's other things going on in the world but um the rates are still high um and so i think it's really important you think about the possibility that you'll be in this situation whether you haven't even if you've been double jabbed or boosted then why leave that to a decision that will suddenly become a frantic one and my advice always is to um, and this was before COVID, is always have a backup birth partner. You never know that your partner might be working abroad or, um, or have another reason they couldn't attend. And it's really important that you feel supported in your labour. So I always recommend that people have a, a second birth partner or a backup birth partner who's as on board with your decisions and how you want to be supported in your labour. So then if in, and obviously that will be a, uh, negative if your main birth partner can't be there but at least it will be and um, still you'll feel supported with someone who you know a friend or family a loved one who can support you and know how to support you so yeah i'd i'd recommend that people go through that process of getting someone else on board with the, your birth choices and things like this just in that situation that your partner isn't able to attend that's great advice i hadn't considered that to be honest until just now <laughs> i've actually got i've got a friend who is desperate to be my birth partner to the point i've asked my boyfriend if he minds and he was like uh, I, th I think i'd like to be there but she's hoping for that scenario <laughs> uh, <laughs> um this is a good one emily says i've had both covid vaccines during pregnancy will my baby have immunity um yeah so um this is a good question so um we we know that that transfer of antibodies um, does happen. So from the mum to the baby does happen. Um, and we know that because um, I should say that actually just in general about vaccines in pregnancy, although the COVID vaccine is a new one, these non-live vaccines are not new. So you might have heard of um, the whooping cough um, jab. Um, obviously, you'll have heard of the flu jab. So these are both similar science behind them in that they don't contain the live version of these viruses um, but they mount a response and so we've got kind of years of decades probably of, of evidence and supportive 
um, noises about those vaccines. And we know from those that the whole uh, premise of the whooping cost vaccine is that we give it a point where we know that you'll mount a response and the baby will then get those antibodies for their first few months of their life before they have got the ability to produce their own antibodies um, or us to give them vaccine. So we've used that science um, for a long time and known the benefit of it. And there's recent evidence to show that's the same with the COVID vaccine um, or the COVID infection that temporarily um, you will give the baby some of the antibodies. Now, we don't know. There's not yet evidence to show that that reduces the risk of a baby getting it, although logically it would. Um, and so it's not the the kind of it's a, a maybe benefit rather than a big benefit. Um, and obviously, if it's um, if you, the, your listener was saying that she had COVID, then it will obviously depend on, again, like we said earlier, the degree of COVID, the variant, the timing of it. So um, maybe um, it would um, and possibly that would have some benefit to the baby. Um, that's where we are at the moment and the thinking. Yeah, that was one thing I was a little bit hopeful for when I had it because I had to have it during pregnancy and it was a bit of a scary time. And I thought, well, maybe he'll have some antibodies. Maybe that's like one thing I can yeah. take from this. Yeah, and and, and it's, it's likely that he would have. Little superhero. <laughs> that is good to know. My friend, a girl I know, actually, she squeezed the booster in um, three days before she gave birth, purely because she wanted to make sure that the baby had antibodies, which was very committed, I thought. But uh, well, that was brilliant. That was fascinating. Will, thank you very much. Um, is there anything else, Jenny? I think we covered off a lot there. Actually, that was great. Yeah, that was really, really insightful. Thank you, Will. That was brilliant. Not at all, no. I think it's going to help a lot of people make decisions. Yeah, I, 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 it's. I'm really happy to chat because I, I think it's. Um, we need as a profession to make sure we talk to people and make sure that people feel in a kind of a relaxed environment. I think what you guys are doing in general is fantastic, just to help feel people and um, help people to feel supported. Um, and I think this is a really difficult decision. Any decision in your pregnancy around um, opting for something um, and that will continue through your parenthood I'm, I'm afraid it, it doesn't stop um, in a few weeks for you guys um, is really important and I, I just hope that we can um, improve the way that we give information to people and I think podcasts like what you're doing is, is such a good way to allow people to hear things in, a, in a, maybe a slightly more informal way but with the good quality information then people hopefully can come out of these processes feeling really empowered to make decisions rather than feeling pressurized or feeling um, scared of the decision-making process. The decision's a hard one, but the process should be a straightforward one to come to the decision that's right for you. And there's not one way to do um, anything in life and definitely not to do pregnancy or labor. There's many ways to do it and there's no right way. Um, so yeah, good luck to both of you guys and, um, and to all the listeners as well. Hopefully you'll make the decision that's right for you. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. There's no right or wrong. I love that because that again helps you make your decisions because yeah. you're like, well, I'm not going to get it wrong. No, yeah, I'm just yeah. You do definitely it. won't get it wrong. I can't promise. And I've <laughs> made many wrong decisions, but um, you, you just have to own the decisions and make sure you've made them with the right um, intentions. But um, yeah, parenthood is another whole decision-making journey that, that it feels like there's loads of wrong decisions, but um, I keep reassuring myself that you just have to make them with the right information and then, and then live with your consequences. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope more doctors, you know, are like you, yeah, I'm not saying all doctors, but sometimes you can feel pressured to make certain decisions and um, 
yeah, that was a that was a really you know lovely way to put it. So thank you, thank you for being so uh, so open with us, Will. Thank you very much. Not at all. Yeah, good luck with you both, and uh, speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Will. Thank you.